Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, John, and uh, we've got a guest on today. I'll have him intro himself in just a minute. Uh, but before we get started, if you found value from our podcast, please like it, share it, leave us a rating. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, if you haven't found value, then don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what's up, man? Not much, man. How are you doing? Good. Excited Good. for today's podcast. I'm super excited about today's podcast. We got a local investor, uh, Zach Riggs with us, and he's going to tell his story a little bit, but, uh, Zach, why don't you give us a brief summary bio about yourself, what you got going on right now, and then we'll talk about your story and how you got into real estate. Okay. Um, I'm Zach Riggs. I am, I own a company in Springfield. It's called guy that buys homes. Um, I started out in 2006, kind of at the, the peak of the market, uh, selling real estate. And then over the last 15 to 16 years, I've just transitioned primarily into uh, investing. And uh, I don't sell a whole lot anymore, but, but that's where I started originally. I do have my license still. Um, I use it a little bit. But primarily just invest in real estate, and that's my thing now. Gotcha. So ha ha did you right out of like when you were younger start as a real estate agent and then kind of went that path and now became a full-time investor? Or did you do some other things? in between there like what led you into becoming a full-time real estate investor yeah so um i right out of high school i was in the military for a short period i didn't know that yeah so i, I actually went to basic training between my junior and senior year really at fort benning okay. and then i came back finished my senior year and then went to ait at fort Leonardwood, and then came back and was in the reserves and uh, you know, I f found out pretty quickly that that was not for me, but it was a great experience. I right. really, in, I mean, to this day, I think about that and I learned a lot from it, but, uh, I came back, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Really. I, I barely graduated high school and college was definitely not an option. So, um, so basically I came back here. I mean, I worked about everywhere in Springfield, you know, like the car washes, <laughs> telemarketing, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, like just if they wouldn't give me a Saturday off so I could go fishing, I would just quit, <laughs> find a new job the next Monday. You know, like it just didn't. At that time, that I didn't really, I wasn't taking things that serious. And so, how long were you in the reserves for? Um, I was in. So let's see. I so it actually started at seventeen. So I was in until twenty. You had your parents sign off on that. Yeah, to, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Um, Moving, kind of fast-forwarding, I, I my best friend in high school, his dad was in commercial real estate, entrepreneurial. He always had a belief in me that I could do something along the lines of working for myself. And so he, he kind of pushed me um, to get into real estate. He thought I could sell real estate and do good at it. And so um, I tried it. I quit my leasing agent job and uh, kind of jumped in. I thought I was going to get paid a salary. Uh, I found out quickly that it's an all commission, <laughs> which, you know, I had $400 at the time. And so 
my my best friend's dad he's like you know i'll help you out if you need help along the way here and so i never did uh but that's what started it that was in basically 2006 and so i started selling real estate i worked for a discount brokerage here in town assist to sell that's where i started Uh um and so i worked there for six years just sort of figuring things out and uh and then transitioned into traditional real estate um about nine years ago and then around that same time started doing a little bit of investing on my own as well as uh, my sales business so when you got into real estate did you just stick with it the whole time or because i know real estate sometimes doesn't stick for everybody yeah did you jump back and forth between you know working a job no no i stuck with it yeah but at the time i was 20 i was like 23 right um you know me and my wife were just dating i was living on her couch (laughs) you know her and her roommate's couch for free not paying you know for groceries so like my cost of living was was zero that's so funny so there wasn't an ur- a sense of urgency until we found that we were pregnant. And so then things really, really shifted for, for me and the pressure was on all of a sudden, you know? Right. And so that really changed the whole. Isn't that amazing how that does that kids it, just yeah. changes your, I don't know what it is, it but really it completely does. changes your mindset. It really does. I mean, cause you can, you can kind of be selfish and you know, when it's just you, uh-huh. but uh, when you have to take care of this little human, it's, um, it's scary, yeah. you know, and so you want to provide. And so that sort of started down this new path of like, okay, it's time to grow up. And so if, to focus. if people want to know how to be successful, go from yes. couch bum yes. to multimillionaire, they just need to have a yeah. baby. Get your, get your <laughs> girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> Not your wife, just your girlfriend. Just your girlfriend. Okay. That's so no, funny. funny. That's so but, funny. But seriously, I mean, that was really the, the turning point for me, um, uh, for sure. So that's... So, so when you found out that she was pregnant, did you, when did you start getting into investing? Is that when you started doing some no. investing or? No, at that time it was survival. Gotcha. Uh, it was like, how am I going to pay for this? Uh, she was a student. Um, so, so she was making a little bit of money babysitting, but I mean, there was virtually no money rolling. Wow. Okay. Wow. My first year in real, real estate, I made 12 grand gross. Wow. So it was, it was just survival at that time. Um, but, but that paid for the couch. That paid for the <laughs> that paid for the couch. I mean, I mean, I, I we were doing like I'm talking like a, a WIC program, mm, like food yeah. stamps. Like we were, it was not good. Yeah. Okay. Like so, but luckily, you know, you know, work and 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 luck and things panned out. But um, but I didn't start investing until uh, I didn't buy my first property until about nine years ago, or or so, ten years maybe. Maybe you can so, walk us through that first yeah. investment, what that looked like and sure. how you got into it. Yep. And then and then maybe we can tell a little bit how how did you go from surviving to mm-hmm. cuz I would say you're thriving now. How did yeah. you go from surviving to thriving? What mindset mm-hmm. change had to happen? What habits did you have to change? Right. And and what not or your way of thinking. Okay. So, I'll my first investment, I'll just start there. It was uh I mean, it was it was uh I still have it. Um it's out in Battlefield on Sierra. But uh, a wholesaler called me that I worked with a lot at the time. Um, she pitched it to me. I almost turned it down because um, I was just obviously I was scared. Right? It's mm-hmm. really so. So what happened with me? There's this period where it's like I'm in survival for the first two or three years, and then I get to where I'm making let's say fifty grand a year. All right, and I've always been pretty good with my money. I don't uh-huh. overspend. I, I'm pretty you know I don't go into a lot of debt. Bad yeah, debt. Right. Pretty frugal. So, pretty frugal. Yeah, <laughs> especially back then. So. You know, it was in steps as I as I got to this milestone. 
you know, um, we owned our house. We didn't have any credit card debt. We paid off our student loans. It was like, okay. And then I would reach another milestone of, let's say, 75000 a year. And then a certain amount of money in the bank. And it got to a point where I had a nest egg that I could actually put a down payment down on a house, get a little return on it, but still have some money left in case something bad happens, right? right? And so so that's what kind of started 10 years ago. Um, and, and that first house was, it was... Uh, if I remember, oh yeah, there was a tenant in there that was a problem, and that's why I got a good deal on it. It was around fifty grand, really? but it was, you know, today it's I'm actually selling it to the, my tenant for one hundred and forty five. Wow, cool. and I've done nothing to it. Yeah, that's uh, other awesome. Other than paint the walls, so it so that one's panned out obviously. But um, but that was my first investment: three bed, one bath, two car garage in Battlefield for around fifty grand. Wow, they put a new roof on it for me. Uh, at that time, they had. It had siding, new siding, windows, and since then I've just rented it, and uh-huh. I and put cash flow pretty I put twenty percent down. Yep, put twenty percent down. The tenants paid it down for the last, however, you know, ten years or whatever. Right. So that was my first investment, and many of the deals along the way after that were pretty much the same type of typical twenty percent down. Yeah, for for about ten. Yeah, and then I started running out of money. Yeah, because my income over those years was going from like. 50, 75, 100, 200, 300. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of disposable income. And the idea was, I'm not going to raise my, I'm not going to buy a bigger house. I'm not going to do this and that. I'm going right. to go on some nice vacations. I'm going to keep spending all that money on houses so that I can continue to get that cash flow coming in. And it became addictive, you know, yeah. Oh, because yeah. your first thought <laughs> is, let me get one under the belt. And then it's, what if I could pay for my house, you know? And then you do that. What if I could replace my income, you know, or what if I could, and then it's a game Yeah. and you, you hit the milestones and it becomes very addictive. So, yeah. it, so it's a great thing to be addicted to. So your 20% right? down was what you were making off commissions. And that's right. Yeah. Wow. My sales business. Nice. Yeah. 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 I was, it was, I was in a high, but I was also being taxed. I was learning how to manage more money, learning how the tax system works. So I was, I was kind of getting hit on taxes so hard and I didn't quite understand the tax benefits of real estate. And so, you know, there for a while it was pretty messy, but the the thing that I wanted to do was get the money out of my hands as fast as possible. So I wouldn't go buy that big house or cars or blow it on this and that. I wanted to get it into the investments as quick as possible so that I, you know, so that we wouldn't right. spend it or whatever. Right. So, so when you were selling that amount of, of houses and stuff, mm-hmm. were you, did you have a team built at that point or was it just you? It was just me initially. And then I hired an administrative assistant and then a buyer's agent for my real estate team, which I still have right. to this day, but we don't do nearly the volume that we did back then. Like not even remotely close, gotcha. but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Was, what I like about your story is cause like a lot of times, you know, the Burr method is really popular. Yeah. Um, which I do. I do. I do a lot of that. Right. Too, but, and, and you know, we, we're doing the Burr too. And, but I think for people that have never gotten started or have been wanting to get started, it's like, it's okay to do the typical 20% mm-hmm. down. Um, I mean, I did that for my first three properties too. Yeah. Did you even know about Burr or did you know about I it? I knew about Burr, but I didn't quite understand how to get the money. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole concept made sense. You know, yeah, you got to you know buy it. You got to rehab it. You got to rent it out. Uh, that part all made sense. Then I was like... And, but the refinance part didn't make too much sense mm-hmm. and and how to get the money to purchase 
the property, I guess, yeah. didn't make sense right. either. So the, the burr is a good deal, but I think it's tough to grasp it when you're first getting in the business. For yeah, sure. and it's hard to make it work too because if you're brand new, you don't necessarily know what the ARV is going to be or right. you know what the bank's going. You know, you don't even know how to talk to a bank at that point. Right. So yeah. I, you don't I, know a fraction of what you would want to know to to right. accomplish it. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it all. I, I well, you knew more about it probably than I did. I didn't even know it existed. Right. So oh. to me, it was just. That's what you do. And yeah. until I started to run out of money, it was well, run out of money relative to what, you, you know, keeping a nest egg and then, right. you know, but I actually, there's a guy in town, which he, he, he invests still, his name's Anthony May. Um, he's not doing as much anymore, but the, he got me started on the burr because he said, Hey, here's how I'm doing it. He was buying at the courthouse a lot. Oh, and nice. so that's what led me to the bank I work with now and starting a credit line and figuring out how to do the burr. Right. And so from there on, I, I started doing that a lot more, but still put money into deals that, you know, when you're buying packages of deals or apartments and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's different. So sometimes you have to inject your own money into those. But right. yeah, if I can do a burr, I'll do it all day long. Yeah. So uh, I want to land on that for a second. Yeah. About the, the courthouse, mm-hmm. uh, buying stuff off the courthouse steps, how does that work? Because even me and Jake have kind of questioned it. Do mm-hmm. you have to bring all that cash to the courthouse steps with you? No, you, you just have to pay for it that day. So, uh, and, and that's not like primarily where I go. So I'm probably not like the expert on I understand it. I've been there and right. I bought things there. So, so you don't have to bring but, a down payment. You just have to, before the end of the day, yeah. purchase the full thing outright. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotcha. exactly right. I mean, do you have to, so like, is there, does the stuff sell like for market price sometimes? Like, for sure, one fifty. I've seen. I mean, yeah, I've seen. I've I have seen people overpay. Wow, like a, a lot. And then I've seen people get really good deals. I mean, there was a time where it was you know there was a core group of investors that would go there, and you know if one really wanted a particular property, then he would say, "I want this. I'll give you five grand. You five grand. You five. If you just back not, off, <laughs> not buy it, let me get it. I mean, there's it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you can get great. It's like anything else. You can get a good deal. You can get a bad deal. It's all about timing, and some are going to be better than others. And, you know, there's factors like what's wrong with the property that you may or may not know about because of the buying it at the courthouse. It's, right. You know, you're not you're not getting to walk through it generally. Sometimes you do. Right. Sometimes there's tenants or homeowners there that you have to deal with. So there's, you know, title work issues. Yeah. It, it happens very fast. So you got to do a lot of your due diligence. Doing like, up, up on the front end. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we kind of figure. We we went to go to one one time, and we were the only two that showed up. But the the thing is, is that they canceled it, but they didn't show yep. that online. Oh, we so were stoked too, dude. Because yeah. we're like, oh, oh no one's here. Heck yeah, we're getting a deal. I know. Yeah, they cancel <laughs> them a lot. They. Uh, yeah, they cancel a lot of them. And they didn't like notify it up online or anything. No. So like there was no way to know until they were like, well, it's not happening. I like, thought we were yeah. going to steal that thing. I too. know, man. I was so. Schools. Yeah. Was, like, oh, I was excited. We're going to rake these people over. Yeah. Zach, what I would like to ask you about, and this is going to be probably a couple questions all wrapped into one because I'm not sure how to articulate it. What mindset shift did you have to change again to going from uh, surviving to thriving? And what? how did your financials change? And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like monetarily, like how did you set up your finances or did you have to adjust it a certain way to um, kind of hit that growth curve mm-hmm. for your money to supercharge itself to start mm-hmm. investing? If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, as far as, as far as mindset, I would say originally, like I remember thinking, me and my wife had a conversation where if I could make 50 grand a year and she could make 50, 
game over. Yeah. Like that. So that was like my mindset when we were dating. It's always a hundred thousand for everybody. That's like, right. That's the first. Of course, a hundred thousand like, fifteen sixteen years ago is like two hundred now. But yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But. But that was, yeah, the 100000 because she's a dental hygienist, uh-huh. which she works one day a week she's now. Sugar but mama. at the time, we were like, <laughs> you're going to make more than me. I'm going to do this. We're going to be set. I didn't even realize that people made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands selling real estate. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So I was in my little box, okay, as far as mindset. So it took a long time for me to sort of stretch that. I would say that as I got it, I moved my license to Keller Williams and started selling real estate there. At that time, I was making about a hundred grand mm-hmm. a year, doing it all on my own. Definitely burned out, you know, like just working all the time, nights yeah. and weekends. Knew something had to change. So when I moved there, they 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 have a different culture where they sort of teach how to grow your business. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did you buy into the whole? You know, I know I Keller Williams or Gary Keller. Yes. Yeah, that's his name, right? Gary Keller, yep. I know he's got lots of books. They've got lots yep. of manuals and stuff. Did you yep. buy into the whole philosophy in. program? I, I totally and- bought in because of – there was one in particular person there, Adam Grady. He he was pretty inspiring to me because we were similar in age, but he he, he was doing so much better than me, mm-hmm. you know? And he would always tell me, like, come over, you know, we can share an office, I'll show – you know. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So I did it. Just I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try it and see if he's full of it, right? Yeah. And so quickly, I'm, I really bought into the whole learning how to run a business. And so at that time, which that was around nine or 10 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, I was making about a hundred grand and it went up. I mean, there's a point where I was making 500. So, you know, that, that amount of money that quick, it, it, it was like shocking to me, but I didn't really change a whole lot in terms of like how frugal I was. I changed uh-huh. a little bit, but not much. Not much. And so it allowed me to grow a, a big cash reserve, which made me more comfortable with buying things as I started to buy things. Um, but I would say that I, I limited myself a lot over the years just by being too conservative and thinking too small. But then I also, I look back and I go, you know what? I look at what I have and I'm like, there's something to be said for for being conservative and not right. always pushing the envelope, you know. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still learning. Like I'm buying larger deals now, and I still have a lot. I, I still have a lot of anxiety about yeah. just the amount of debt, <laughs> even though the numbers make sense. And it's just it's hard to shake it, that, that. That well, it's because it's been programmed in us since that's since right. Day one from you day know? one, childhood on up. I mean, yeah. I, I am programmed a certain way, and so it's uncomfortable. But you know, I always just continue to look at results. Yeah, and I let the results versus you know, I look at the results and I I base decisions off that versus my feelings. You know, yeah. So I'm still evolving in that regard. I mean. I, I remember when, so I was in college and I remember going, man, I must be doing something wrong because I was making, I, uh, I was making about $50,000 a year in every college, summer well, doing door to door sales. Oh, and that's just a summer. Yeah. Just a summer. Jeez. Uh, and which is like dang good money. And I had, yeah. um, uh, my boss Chandler Smith, if you look him up on YouTube, oh, I, like, I know he is. Okay. I follow him on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. he, it's funny because we lived in the same apartment complex cause we went to the same church, uh, same apartment complex and if you would go over to his apartment, like there wouldn't be, there was like stuff from, uh, the, what is it called? Uh, what do they call it? It's basically a Goodwill, mm-hmm. like he had Goodwill furniture, like, you know, mm-hmm. used thrift store stuff. Yet he was already a millionaire at that time. And then mm-hmm. you'd go to like my apartment and I was like, oh yeah, you got the nice cat, brand new couch, you right. know, the nice tea, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, he busted his butt was so super frugal with his money. Right. And then. And now he doesn't, ha- now he's at a spot where he doesn't have to be, Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's just, I think it's just 
funny. Yeah. I remember like my best friend, his name's Brandon. He, when we first met, he owns an insurance company in town, hometown benefits group. But he, uh, he, I remember he came to my house and he, he was just kind of sort of surprised that like, he's like, I just didn't really think you would live here. You know, like it's not what I pictured. And it was, I was kind of offended, but I was also kind of like, uh, I don't know. It made me feel good, yeah. too, because I know what he meant, yeah. right? Because we have similar mindsets. It's kind of like Mike Bowman. So, we make fun of him with his fake Nikes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He's he's the epitome of, yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I hope he listens good to this. Too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but um, so I, I don't know if that answers your question, but, you know, I, I'm evolving. I'm just I'm just sort of trying to be open-minded and and take take what comes to me and mm-hmm. make the best decisions I can as far as the investments go. But you know, would you be willing to speak to how you structure your finances? Sure. So because my my thought process has changed a lot lately. Because mm-hmm. um, I I'm kind of tired of my money being in a bank, just sitting there not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So this this is my new plan, and I just be curious to hear other people's philosophies. Sure. I'm planning on putting my all my money into an insurance policy mm-hmm. vehicle to earn me hopefully you know a single digit ROI. And then borrow against that money, and it's going to continue to, you know, obviously, hopefully, build interest as long as, depending on how the economy does. But can't go past zero percent, mm-hmm. and then just using that to invest in real estate and businesses, and then just cycle it back in and just keep doing that until yeah. I can passively, with cash flow from my investments, pay for the lifestyle that I want. Yep, perfect. Um, so your question would be how so. How, how have you structured or set up your finances mm-hmm. as far as like, um, you know, how much do you keep in reserves? Do you yep. keep any reserves? Like how, uh, you know, uh, how, how are you using the money to invest? And, and I'm just curious to know yeah. how you structure it. So, <clears throat> so it's structured. So as far as actual structure, there's at the top of it, there's a holding company. And then under that, <laughs> there is a construction company and my sales business. Uh-huh. And then under those, there are rental LLCs. You got right? so much so protection. It's tr- so it's a tree, right? Yeah. Uh, that's for like actual structure. As far as how the money flows, you know, I get, so the income comes from sales business, rental income, profit share from Keller Williams, flipping and wholesaling. So they come from different areas. But they, they, so they funnel through there. If it's a, if it's a sales business, it funnels through there Uh and then it pays me a salary. So I basically live for the most part off of a salary through my sales business, um, which just limits the amount of self-employment taxes and and all that. Right. Right. Saves a little money to pay myself a salary, but it comes from my sales business, my wholesaling and rental business is mainly just, are they in one LLC or are they separated, separated out? Uh, my, my, my construction flipping wholesaling is one LLC. Okay. And then my rentals are, I have maybe seven or eight. So I put about right. 10 or 15 in each L- one okay. or, or an apartment building into one or whatever to gotcha. sort of limit the risk. But, and so, so if you can sort of imagine day to day expenses are paid by the sales business, mm-hmm. wholesaling and flipping and rentals, just kind of if I want to go buy a car or I want to go, you know, like something expensive, vacations or whatever, it kind of comes out comes of that. Out of that. Okay. But for the most part, it just, you know, accumulates. Uh-huh. And then, you know, that's what I'll use if I'm buying something where I need to put 100 down or 200,000, like it'll come from that or, gotcha. or whatever, right? Um, but it did over the last, like especially the last two or three years, it's accumulated to an extent like you where it's uh-huh. like, 
what do I do, you know, with this? Because you can't buy, you, you can't just go buy real estate to buy it. Like for me, I can't, it's gotta be, I gotta buy equity mm-hmm. and I have to buy good cash flow. And it's, and if it doesn't, I'm just not buying it. Like right. I'm not gonna just sort of go up with the, the market like crazy. It's not who I am. I can't do it. Right. So that means I buy less. That means I buy less. But um, so, so I'm sort of in that spot, but I've thought through, you know, paying debt down, paying some of these properties off. You know, I've thought through, I mean, there, there's a lot of scenarios, but, but my portfolio size, I want to have, you know, five or 600,000 minimum mm-hmm. of cash just to sort of, you know, as like a reserve. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That I, that's which I, you and know. now do you, now do you keep it in a bank account or do you yeah. keep it? Okay. Yeah, I do. And, the, my, I am not the most efficient in terms of all of that. Uh-huh. I do what um, has been working. <laughs> what's been working? I try to stay in my lane. Like mm-hmm. I don't get into any crazy um, investing, you know, crypto or anything, anything like that. Even stock market, I just don't do any of it because I don't uh-huh. understand it. Right. So I'm basic. I'm in real estate and cash, and that's basically it. Right. When you first started like doing your flips and stuff. Did you have like a threshold of what you wanted to make on that? And if it didn't make that, you're out? Yeah, um, it would depend because a lot of them I would wholesale. So I factor in like, you know, how much how much uh, time is it going to take for me or, or thought process? How much is it going to require from me? So if I could buy something and, and just flip it to somebody and make 10 grand like that, I'll do that. Now, if I had to actually remodel it and monitor that and mm-hmm. then resell it, I would not do that. But if I could buy it at a price that I know I could sell it all day long and make a quick 10, I'd do that. Gotcha. No, no right. problem, you know. Uh, but if I'm going to renovate it, it's going to take two, three, four months. Yeah, I'm going to probably want to make a minimum of like 20. And it's got to be like an obvious 20. Like right. I can't be pushing my end value. Right. To, to make Keep that. Keep fudging the numbers like to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And normally it would end up being more than that because – Again, going back to like, I'm very conservative on everything. So it's like if I'm ending at $200,000 value and I have 170 in it, I'm going to probably try 220 and it's probably going to work because I'm, you know, I'm gotcha. conservative on. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, what I'm going to put you, can I put you on the spot? Sure. We can cut this out if you don't want to share it. Okay. What's your net worth right now? Do you have a property that is in rough condition? has tenant issues or a project that never got finished, then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. So Zach, I got, I got to ask you, <laughs> we just did a brief break. We know the truth, the answer, but, uh, it's really funny. Would you say you're, I, I don't want to ask you specifics. Put you but back what, on the spot. See? Yeah, I know that, that, that did. Um, That's a sales are tactic. you a multimillionaire? Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. Yes. Yeah, the reason yes. why I want to bring that up, um, again is cause I want people to, like I said, to see from going from. I'm gonna call it couch potato to yeah, yeah. you know a couch bum to to a, a multimillionaire and that it's possible because um, you even said you were on WIC and you were doing you mm-hmm. know and then you made it happen. Um, 
what if you were to give your younger self advice or uh, somebody starting out what kind of advice would you give them about getting into real estate or or finances mm-hmm. um i would say when i look back uh i i would have probably hooked on to two or three uh people that i respect that i wanted to be like mm-hmm. You know, uh, I would have tried to bring as much value to them as I could have to have them help me sooner. Because I, I think I could have probably cut out six years or seven years of just wandering around trying to figure out how to do this and that and grow my bit. You know what I mean? I could right. And so then you think about seven years and then think about what I've done in 10 years. If I had another seven years, you know, it could be unbelievable. Um so I don't know. That's probably what I could do differently or what I would recommend is find people you want to be like, which I've heard it on the podcast. Yeah. But, but find people that you trust that really do have not just have the amount of money that you want, but have the family life, um, the quality of life. You know, because money's not everything. It's right. just a piece of that. But And then just kind of bring as much value to them as you can and try to learn from them because you'll, you'll shortcut so many mistakes and years of learning so many people say that that are, that are further along that's that seems like to be like one of the number one advice they, they always say man wish i would have hooked up with someone sooner right <laughs> what's yeah. your thoughts on partnerships with people you know i'm not against them i i uh i have a partnership with two guys locally that we started last year to buy um a package of apartment complexes which you know before that i was i worked alone which I probably prefer. Um, but the partnership that we have is working out great. They they brought me into the deal to just sort of make sure that it all made sense and it, it's managed properly, and which is my strength. Uh-huh. Uh, and they just do their thing, and so it works great. They just let me be in charge, and, nice. and they collect their checks. So it actually works out really nice. I just think that, yeah, partnerships can get a little hairy when you don't have expectations. Uh, and people are stepping on each other's toes. And then when you don't have the same long-term plan for whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so I think most of the time they're destined for failure to some degree, but I think that they can work. Uh, and maybe they're not super long-term. Maybe they're short-term, but... Um, maybe it's just one deal. <laughs> may, may, maybe, yeah. I mean, even if... It, as long as you both come out winning, you know, then I'd say it's a success. But, yeah. you know... Yeah, I have no problem with partnerships. I would do more of them if if it was an equal, you know, but the the thing is, is if, you know, someone wants to partner with me on something, right? It's like, well, okay, what's the value that you bring? Because here's what I can bring. And if it's off balance, then it's always going to be difficult to make that work. Right. Yeah. Somebody's feeling left out in that situation. Yeah. Or I'm I'm doing more than, you know, why do I need a partner? Right. Right. You know, what do I need you for? Like, we need to need each other. Right. Point. Right. You know, so I, I believe in them. I'm in one, and it's working great. Uh, I think you just have to have clear expectations is the big the big part there. Right. But, so what's your what right now? What's your current um, criteria for investing? Do you if you have one? I don't really have one. My, I, I do, but it's it's a basic. I I just have to buy something undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the market's changed a lot over the last two, three years. Um, and so I'm buying less, but I still buy very undervalued assets and that's what I do. I just, I, I like to buy them well under market. Uh, I don't care if I have to renovate them. 
um, or if it's a, an apartment, if I have to turn the whole thing over, I have no problem with doing any of that. I just need equity. And then I want, um, cash flow. I want cash flow. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. I just want to be able to absorb ups and downs of things that come down the gotcha. road. And I think that eliminates, I think that eliminates mm-hmm. most of that headache. Yeah. You know? when, Agreed. When you first started buying rentals, were you mm-hmm. self-managing or were you? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I self-managed up until about 40. Wow. So. <sighs> yeah. And it, and it was, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot between that and selling real estate. Like I was, it was a lot, but I loved it. And, um, but there was a, a point where I couldn't um, continue to grow my portfolio and sell real estate. And so it was like, what do I do? What do I do? But I, I never could find the right property manager, which is like such a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I did. And she's been amazing. And that's allowed me to go from 40 on up. Wow. And, you know, and, and also get so much of my time back. Right. Um, so, so now you've outsourced both your um, property management mm-hmm. and your selling real estate business yeah so yep how many houses did you get up to for a while because i know you sold a bunch of them mm-hmm. but how many houses did you end up working your way up to um actual houses yeah, or like, like single dupl- families uh or, I, or duplexes i yep. mean just your whole portfolio yeah i've got maybe i've probably got 25 duplexes and maybe 40 houses um a nine unit um a four unit a 40 unit and then i have the partnership we have 144 unit and a and a 48 unit so which those are the partnership but so mine is about 140 doors did you sell off a bunch last year Mm -mm. i'm thinking of somebody else no it wasn't me i've always wholesaled as i get things that don't fit my what i want or or whatever the reason is but but no i mean i have my core portfolio and i won't be selling that gotcha What so? What are your what are your goals goals going forward? Like, what's uh, what's next? Because we've talked about this before. There's kind of like a hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to take care of your you know food, shelter. You yep. know, and you get to a point where it's not about chasing the money anymore. Now it's more about like impact and legacy. Like for sure. What where are you at on your goals? Like, what are some of the things you're thinking about mm-hmm. now? Well, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of that journey right now. So because I've I've effectively worked myself out of a. Uh, out of a job, which was my goal all along. I just, I guess I didn't expect to do it at 40. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm in a stage of life now where I'm trying to improve my, you know, my marriage. I want to be a, you know, not that it was bad, but I want to be a better, better husband, right? Um, better dad. So I, I, fo- I take my kids to school every morning. I pick them up at car line every day. You know, we do all, I go to all the practices, all the games. I'm, I'm the guy that's driving them around. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm focused on that traveling. Um, I do have a lot of downtime and I am looking at how am I going to feel fulfilled because mm-hmm. I don't want to just fill it with anything. Right. right. I want to do something that's meaningful to me that pushes the, the needle f- for me. Right. right. And I love investing in real estate. I do. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I'm dabbling in apartments now, which is sort of fulfilling this need. Right. Uh, You get paid for it too, which is also a nice benefit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I'm focusing on, you know, being a better uh, husband, being a better father, improving my current portfolio uh, just to get it ready for any turbulence, right? Just uh, I'm building a house right now, so that's taking some time. Um, but other than that, I, I don't have the next three years or five years 
planned out. Gotcha. I really don't. I, I just, I really don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it, it, I think that gives it feels, a little bit of fun. It, it, it is, but you know, it, I have a lot of time. Yeah. So it's like when you're the type of person that you like to build, grow, you yep. know, like it's not easy. And so you kind of build your identity around whatever it is, whether it's, I own a, a pest control, pest control company, or I'm a real estate investor. I'm a realtor. I'm a construction person. Like you build this identity around that. And when you let that go and you start sort of, transitioning into this different stage of life, which is where I'm at. I went from high producing real estate agent to, you know, very low producing, right. By, uh -huh. by choice uh -huh. to this investor that I, you know, is it's going great to, I'm still doing that, but what's the next phase look like? Yeah, It's right. a crazy place to be. It's fun, but it's interesting. So See, I don't I, know. John and I have talked about this before because I've gotten a small taste of that where I went like my pest control business pretty well runs itself. Yep. And so I had all this time and I knew I wanted to invest in real estate. So I was, you know, slowly doing that on the side, but, and I'm still slowly doing that on the side, but I had all this time and I'm like, I went through a phase where I just kind of went through like a, a lazy yeah. sit around and I didn't like, because I didn't have any structure or anything and like, and I was, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy during this That's time. Right. And it was probably, I went through this for like six months and then finally I pulled my head out of my butt and like, you know, yeah. this isn't going to work. Found purpose again. Yeah. So yeah, it's. You know, it's it's all about purpose. You yeah. Know? And sometimes it's if you're too focused on selling real estate or pest control or buying real estate, <laughs> you know, you you get your blinders on and you don't pay attention to a lot of things going on. You don't enjoy it. But then when you you do the polar opposite and you 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 know you have all the time, uh -huh. it, it can be just as you know negative. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. how do I find a happy balance? Right. You know, and so. Yeah, I'm in a good place right now with it, but I am definitely looking for that next, whether it be buy a business or, uh, you know, maybe maybe expand out of the area to where I'm doing. I just don't know. Yeah, we're just gonna see gotcha. where it goes. So. Gotcha. What What do you feel like has led to your success so far? If like if you could narrow it down to one or two principles that you have incorporated in your life, what mm -hmm. do you feel like has led to your success? Um, I would say. Well, I would say, I would say that I am definitely not the smartest person. I, but I would say my strongest uh, trait would be when I, I pay attention to when things are working and I can identify, you know, uh, value. Mm -hmm. And so, luckily, it landed on real estate, and so I can see value with with real estate. It's easy for me. Um, but then I also, when something works, I'm just sort of like laser focused, you know, gotcha. like for the last 10 years, I mean, I've literally bought, you know, 30 to let's say a hundred a year, you know, uh -huh. like, and I've just completely focused on that, burying everything, renting it out, adding it to the portfolio over and over, you know, and you think about it, it's like $300 of cash flow on one house for all that effort. Yeah. And then you think how many times I've done it. And, and but but over time it just stacks upon itself right and the results just kind of explode one day and you're like whoa so i would say for me it was just being disciplined sticking to the plan even when it feels slow and like god am i ever gonna get to wherever it is yeah. I wanted to go <laughs> yeah. you know it's just staying focused on here's my plan it's working i'm gonna keep doing it 
over and over and over. I've used this analogy before, and I think I stole it from a book. Uh, have you read Atomic Habits? I think it's in Atomic yeah, Habits. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife literally just read it like great, maybe great a book. month ago. It's like an ice cube. I think he used the analogy where you put it at room yep. temperature. Yep. It's it's already melting, but yep. you can't see it, and it takes some time until it finally hits that like yes. growth curve, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's yeah, it's melting, and yep. that's. I think that sounds like what it was, just consistency, and then eventually just, boom, just takes off. Yeah, and, and then you don't even factor in that that element of, like, while you're staying consistent, you're also getting better at whatever the thing is you're doing. Yeah. And so you're also getting more and more efficient. You're getting mm. more comfortable. You're buying more deals at once. And so it just starts to grow yeah. so much faster than it did in the early years, you know. Um, you know, you could add 40 doors, whereas it could have taken you the first two years to do that, you know? Right. So there's something to be said for finding something that works and just sticking to it. I think that's what's tough for entrepreneurs too, is because we're like, we want to see results quick. You for know? sure. And that's always a, a tough deal to overcome is when the results, you know, just getting started, you're not seeing them, you know, the first month, the second month, third month, you're hammering and still not seeing anything. And then like you said, it'll kind of just take off. Yeah, it, it yeah, entrepreneurs are 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 pretty bad about that. I mean, right. it could be something that's totally working, that uh, you just get distracted, yep. you know. Um but my my focus was always retirement, you know, mm-hmm. like cuz when you're selling real estate and you're working nonstop and your clients are texting you all hours and you're working Yeah. Hard, you you're just like and then if you do it at a high level you're burning out and yeah. i'm thinking to myself i can't do this for 20 years there's no way like i'm young i can do it now but so for me it was like fear of like right. i don't have a backup plan like i don't want to do this forever i need to make this investing thing work and i i know it'll work it's a fact if i just do it smart and stick to it and so anyway that's, that's what's nice about real estate too cuz when i tried the agent thing for a while like the first three months, I was like, dude, this freaking sucks. Yeah. One, it takes a lot to get traction. And it really two, does. Showing houses to people that aren't are gonna, an hour away or probably not going to buy it yeah. is just exhausting. It is. And, yeah, you don't get paid for most of what you do. Yeah. yeah. And then you, when you do get paid, you know, you're, you're trying to recoup all the time you spent not getting yeah. paid. So it's, but it also has no ceiling, which is a nice, that's the nice thing about it is you can, you can make a million bucks or you can make a 10,000 a year. It's, it's I think everybody, nobody... especially young, should do a sales job before they totally deci- agree. Before they decide what they do, totally like, agree. just do a sales job. Yep. I really am a big fan of sales jobs. Yep. I I totally agree with you. So, yeah, I've done door-to-door stuff early on. It's where you can make I mean, it's where you can make a a good chunk of money. Yeah. You, you know, and it you, you learn all these you know, how to communicate and how to how to get people to buy into what you're selling, you know? Yeah, and it's not just like a a salary or a paycheck. You kind of got to get out and work for. That's right. Like you said, you can go as high as you want, or if you're yeah. lazy, you don't. Yeah, and and when I say sales job, I need to clarify completely solely commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yep. nothing else. Just solely yeah. commission. Where it's relying on yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think everybody should do that. It builds character. Yeah. I also think everybody should go through the military, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't think that's a bad idea either. You know, it wasn't for me long term, but it was a great experience. Yeah, and same same, same here. But I mean, shoot, you grow up to be a man pretty quick. You do. You know, when you go through boot camp and tech school. And, yeah, you do. And if you do a deployment, you know, I mean, you can go. Where, grow up where did you quick. Where did you go? Um, like for tech school and all that. Yeah, and for so yeah, you, so in I, air, you said you're. In I was in the Air, air Force. Force yeah, yeah, so I did security forces. So okay. my boot camp was in San Antonio. Okay. Tech school was in San Antonio. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I did one tour over in Afghanistan, and then I got out, served yep. a two-year church mission, and then uh, 
went to college to become a dentist. Oh, really? Yeah, I was <laughs> over halfway through my degree, job shadowed a bunch of dentists, and I was like, this is so boring. And every dentist I job shadowed, they like hated their life. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, anyways, not, this, is not my, this is not about my story, but basically I switched to business, never finished my degree. I still only have 16 credits left. Oh, wow. And I just did door-to-door pest control sales while I was in school, made good money. I was like, man, I think I could do this, start a pest control business. Start investing in real estate, and here we are. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, you know, it, and now you're in that world. You're in, you're in, you're in this world of like yeah. entrepreneurship, figuring things out. Sometimes you get into like whether it's a dentist or whatever. It's you get in that, and you're kind of it's hard. It's hard to like get outside of that, right. you yeah. know, and do things like what we're doing or what we're talking about. Right, doing. right. Zach, what's your thoughts on college, man? I I didn't go to college. I uh, I think that it's. It's fine. I think people, as long as they go into it knowing that they're paying a lot of money to uh, for an experience, mm-hmm. and they're going to learn some things. But when you get out, it doesn't really mean a lot. Right? Yeah, you know, like my especially wife wants, nowadays, it's changing. Especially my wife is like adamant about our kids going to college, which is totally fine with me. I want them to experience it, and that's no big deal. Um, I just want them to understand that in doing that you're you're not like there's no rite of passage now like all right. of a sudden your life is going to financially going to be better than the next guy cuz it's yeah. not so yeah. y- you know i i don't i mean obviously i don't i didn't go to college so it's like i don't <laughs> think you need to go to college a lot of the people i know i mean my best friend's very successful didn't graduate college i but i also know people that did go to college that and are very successful yeah. so I, it, it's the person it's yeah. not it's not the degree sure. or you know yeah. Yeah. yeah that's my take on it anyway uh, out of curiosity, with everything that's happening with the economy, yeah. interest rates going up, uh-huh. um, what's your thoughts about real estate? Yep. What, like, what's your mentality? What, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. What are you doing to prepare? Okay, so this is a new time for me because mm-hmm. I started selling in two, 2006. We were at the peak of the economy. Yeah, so it you've crashed. seen that. So, like, I was learning to sell real estate when nobody wanted to buy it, and you could pick the great deals right off the MLS. Like, so that was that was what I learned that's when I learned real estate investing. So since then, rates have just gone down and down and down. And so now they're going up and up. So this is my first time working through this like inflationary environment mm-hmm. that we're in. Like I never, I always heard about it yeah. from the old timers, but I never really saw it like I'm seeing it now. Right. And so what am I doing? Um, I'm making sure my rents are up to market, number one, because mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah. Um, is, you know, if you're undercharging on your rent, you're losing money and you don't want to lose money when everything's costing more money. Right. You know, so I'm doing that. I'm, I'm continuing to hold a strong cash reserve. Um, I am sticking with still sticking with good deals. I'm not, I'm not overpaying for things just to buy real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I'm just kind of sticking to my plan. But still plugging and playing, right? You're still investing. You're not worried about the interest rates. Still, You're just making sure yep, the numbers still, still make sense. Yep, still investing. Um, I mean, I close on uh, an apartment building Friday, so two days from now. Sweet. Um, you know, so I'm just, same deal, you know. Uh, just follow the plan, you know. Yeah. Raise the rents. Treat the tenants nice. Take care of their problems. Secure good financing. You know, it's all about cash reserves and being a, it's mostly about being a good operator. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm pretty active with my portfolio, even though I have a property manager, like I'm, I'm very in tune to what's going on with my tenants, who's paying, who's not, you know, are they having a hard time? Is everything good? Um, got to have a pulse on that because if you don't, it can sort of start to crumble away pretty quickly. Yeah. And so 
I'm just in, I'm engaged. I keep things full. When we have turnovers, we do them as fast as we can, get them re-rented. We run a pretty tight ship. So to me, if you do that, you have cash reserves, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. At least I hope so. Cause yeah. you know, Oh, and you have to have big, good equity. That's the big thing. Yeah. If you have equity in your properties, right. And the market starts to change and values start dropping or whatever, then if you have that equity. It's, it's, it just kind of, my thought was like, I don't want to be the customer that the banks start looking at, you know, when the market goes south a little bit and they start looking at me all of a sudden, like I'm a problem because <laughs> I'm underwater. Yeah. You know, like I want him to see me and go, his values have gone down a little bit, but he's still in really good shape. He's got a lot of cash. Right. He's good. Let's focus on these other customers right. that are not good. Right. I just didn't want to be in that boat, you know? You think yeah. the banks will start tightening up a little bit with everything going on? They, yeah, they already are. I mean, I've talked to banks that I work with, and they, they already are tightening up. With inflation getting as high as Seems it is. Seems like yeah. appraisals are being more conservative, too. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had a few on the sales business where they've kind of punched us in the gut. Yeah. but I got a call today and got punched in the gut. Nice. <laughs> I got one yesterday and got punched in the gut. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, me and Jake are getting hammered this week. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> a lot of times you can kind of fight them a little bit and yeah work, we're trying to slide them like that's what we're gonna grade. do right after that's this right. podcast yeah there you go there you go <laughs> hey can you record it so everybody can hear what you do on that no uh, we should huh yeah. record yeah. our conversation yeah. with the you can and then what you say to me oh you, we can always take it out if you don't want it on there yeah. we can always take it out. they put it on there anyways right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just kidding yeah, 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 yeah. uh well we're, we'll wrap up here okay. um i I, we always ask three additional questions at the end of our podcast. We call it the final three. Okay. Um, so the, and normally you give everybody a heads and normally, up, I heard. And normally I send a template. So you are you have no preparation for okay. this. All so right, that's okay. I can, we'll find so, out how so good you'll, of a salesman you let's really see, are. Let's see how good at okay. BS in you are. Okay, let's see. All right. Yeah. Uh, so the first question is, is most recent book you've read and what's mm-hmm. one thing you've learned from it? Um, well, the most recent book is Atomic Habits, which we, we just talked about. Um what did I learn from it? Or one takeaway. You know, from that book, from that book, it's more of just being mentally prepared for turbulence. And I'm an emotional person by mm-hmm. nature. And so being emotional and then being in real estate, you know, where you're borrowing a lot of money and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things at play. Yeah. It's hard to like, so what I took away from that book is like, okay, I need to stop basing things so much off of how I feel uh-huh. and more off of just facts. Stick to facts, at least in regards to my business. Man, you and I right? have a lot in common. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an emotional it's, guy. It's, it's hard. If you're an emotional person. It, 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 I know, wear my emotions right on my sleeve. You're going to know. Yeah. Everybody's going to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you got to, you got to like, it's fine. But when it comes to business, I have to just, it, it just needs to be factual. Yeah. You know? numbers you know what's funny jake so. you called me this morning about that appraisal uh-huh. speaking of emotions jake's like i'm ready to fight dude i'm so pissed <laughs> <laughs> i was like he was pissed yep, where's this yep. sob's address that's <laughs> right yep 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 hey we're gonna work it out or we won't that's why we're i gotta call him sometimes out. he's like dude come on man no it's that's settle down that's, and he's like let's walk through. i mean don't ever call me all right <laughs> Because you and I, you'll I'll, be be just, <laughs> I'll be picking you up. Yeah, we'll yeah, be going yeah, straight yeah, to the. We'll pick so you up funny. in his truck. Back. All right, yeah, let's do this together. 
He probably gave me a bad impression. Yeah, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he screwed me over sometimes. It's too, funny. So. I, I know I shouldn't get so frustrated about stuff I have no control over. Yep. But I, for whatever reason, some things like that, I'm just like, just that torqued me off. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's funny, too. I was telling him the appraisal that I got back bad last week. I asked the guy when he walked in the appraiser. I said, man, oh. how's your day going? Dude, the very first thing he said is, well, my wife's leaving me. Oh, uh, I'm broke, and my kid has a soccer tournament in Casey this weekend. So you know you're going to have a terrible boy. appraisal. And, yeah. and he sure oh, enough, dude, he did. I got rammed. Three-bedroom, one-bath appraised as a two-bedroom, one-bath. Oh, my gosh. I only appraised it at 105, dude. Jeez. I'll give you a hundred. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's the emotion thing. Yeah. So, and the the more you start to accumulate over the years, the more problems you have, mm-hmm. right? Naturally, yeah. you have more. And, and so, if you don't get control of that, yeah, you're done. Yeah, because otherwise, you're just going to be an emotional mess all yeah. the time, ups and downs. I'm highs starting and to lows. realize for me, like, and I'm on a such a small scale compared to you, uh, that I, I have to have time to rejuvenate or yeah. to have fun, yeah, for and, sure, and to forget about yep. some of the stuff. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that's pretty important too. Just like taking, like, me and Jake were talking, just like, dude, let's take a weekend and just go fly fishing for sure. Let's just get out of here. Yeah, yep. everything is kind of. Is going to run itself. Phone's on airplane mode. Right. It can consume you, especially when you love it. Yeah, that's the problem. You're kind of obsessed with it. Yeah, but it it can get to where it's unhealthy, for sure. Uh, Second question is, what is one principle you strive to live your life by? Uh, One principle. I would say, um, I mean, for me, it's like, uh, I would say just integrity. Yeah. You know, like integrity is a big deal to me i just like again going being an emotional person if i'm not operating (laughs) from a place of like having integrity i don't feel it just doesn't feel right to me so if i feel like i'm screwing tenants over and Mm -hmm. screwing people over all the time and going back on my word and like it it would it would mess me up i can't i can't operate like that so right yeah uh last question uh, what is one, what's one of the greatest pieces of advice you've been given? Um, I, I was given advice early on from a mentor, uh, and it, it was simple and it was just, it, it was basically just to buy real estate. Okay. Actually he told me, this is what he said to me. Actually, I'm going to change that. There was another, okay. This guy, I've always admired this guy. He's local. He was a big time real estate guy, owned a lot. He was a sales agent, but he also bought like me along the way. Um, John Heights uh-huh. is his name. And he said one time to me to not be a whore to, to, uh, to money. And what he meant was like, don't sell your real estate to make quick cash, right. buy it and hang on to it. Mm. And so while I've, I've bought stuff and sold it and it's been intentional, it's not been, it's like, here's my portfolio that I'm accumulating and I'm going to keep that stuff unless I sell it and exchange it or whatever. But, right. but then there's some of it I've sold, but there's, it's, there's intention there. It's right. not basing it off of emotion and right. going, oh, I'm going to sell this cause I want 20 grand. Right. right. It's no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay focused on a long game here not be a whore to cash yes so john heights that's good advice it is don't be a whore that's right that's right yeah see yeah there you go uh zach where can people find out more about you uh you know i'm i'm on facebook i don't i don't have uh my website's guy that buys homes it's pretty basic but um yeah i'm just here in springfield i 
I'm just buying stuff to make a portfolio. So I'm not selling anything. I'm I'm just a, a guy here. So if you so, need to sell a home, contact yeah, the, yeah, if you the guy sell, that buys if homes. If you want to sell a home um, or an apartment community or duplexes, packages of houses, that's that's really what I'm most interested in. So, yeah. And just, just Google me. My number will be there. You can And find we'll me. put a link in the description to your yeah. website. So, yeah. Sweet. Thanks, thanks for coming on, dude. Thank, thank you. This guys. was a lot of fun. Let us it. Yeah. pick your brain. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Engledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time, 